0: Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Well, hello everyone. Here we are back with the Trash Sheep Podcast, the show that sets out to prove that there are no garbage movies, just garbage opinions. I'm Elliot, joined by my co-host Keith. Keith, how are you doing today?
1: Ooh, buddy, I'm doing great. Uh, It feels great to be back after a little bit of a hiatus. I enjoyed your episode with uh, Francis doing some NPR-style chit-chat. That was very pleasant.
0: We did get down to some very uh, low-key, soft-spoken tea-drinking movie discussions.
1: It was very nice. I I felt very relaxed and calmed by... We'll I was
0: relaxed, relaxed uh, recording it, so I guess it worked for everybody. Uh, this is the first episode that you and I have done together at the same time in a while, which is funny because we're actually separated by about 35 miles from each other right now and just doing c- recording this remotely via, I don't know, what, what, do, you, what do the kids call this stuff? Um, I believe internet.
1: it's called the internet.
0: The internet, yeah, recording it via the internet, calling into each other. Talking online with microphones and headphones.
1: Yeah, logged on to the World Wide Web. It feels great, it's, though. It's uh, there, I mean, there's a global event happening. We're, we're actively part of a, a civilization-altering event. Um, it's pretty wild.
0: It's, it's pretty, pretty bizarre, that's for sure. I mean... Yeah, I've been yeah, working it's, it's,
1: it's... from home for roughly nearly 60 days since mid-March uh, yeah. I've been working from home and basically living in my basement and in the backyard and um it's it's quite a thrill I gotta tell you
0: what's it like to have a yard
1: oh uh, it's great I have to cut the grass uh I have to worry about things like bees and spiders and raccoons hmm. and squirrels uh coming to hang out and visit um Occasionally, I get out this uh, little leaf blower that i from Home Depot, and I'll I'll blow off the pine cones and pine needles and things like that. You know, mm. they're b- very prevalent here in the Pacific Northwest.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah, not having a yard, a real yard, right now is something I'm kind of missing.
1: You have a little bit of a frontage, so you can go well, s- yeah, kind of stand no. out and and gaze around the neighborhood a little bit.
0: Oh, I have a little bit of a frontage, and I have, actually, there is, in the back, there is a tiny little patch that's kind of a communal area for uh, me and the other people who live in my building. I mean, it's only a four-unit apartment building, so there's not a ton of people here, but uh, you know, it's not, you know, like the, you have to be, obviously, particularly right now, we'd always have to be considerate of the other tenants while using that space, and right now it's a little more so. It's not like I can fall asleep in a lawn chair back there, you know? But other than that, yeah, it's a, it's a unique thing we're doing right now. And, uh, yeah, I've been out of work because I'm not essential.
1: I, I think you're work. essential.
0: Well, my I maybe as an individual, but uh, my, my, my business is not essential. And I can't work from home since it, it is I work in a bar, which I'm glad that we're shut down and doing the right thing and helping everybody else out and keeping other people safe. But it's odd to me how quickly my days still seem to evaporate. Even while not going to work,
1: yeah. With even without a commute and a, a work destination, uh, it's easy to get wrapped up in in making food and doing chores and even just uh, you know pondering life itself.
0: One hundred percent. It's like and like a lot of that is by design. I'm trying to stay busy. You know, work out as much as I can, cook, cook clean up, reorganize, but it's still like you have like, okay, I have all day to do this and you still seem to run out of time to do these things the same way I would as if I was, you know, working a full-time job somehow, you know?
1: Although I'd argue that a lot of the things we're able to do now are a little bit more satisfying.
0: Oh, 100%. Yes, absolutely. I I get, I, I get a lot more satisfaction out of cooking a great meal to share with Francis when she's, well, she's always here. Um, Bless her heart. than, uh than i would from having food sent back because it has mustard on it minus for extra mustard you know
1: my eggs are too hot yeah something like that
0: so uh, yes it's, it's a unique experience I will be happy when it's over but there's you know it's I think we're all kind of experiencing different levels of this oh for sure and i feel very are, fortunate honestly. i feel very fortunate by and large and there's there are days where it's rough and then there are days where I'm actually like, I want to make this totally clear. When I say there are days when I'm enjoying this, I, I it is I, that is not uh, disregarding all the hardship that people are going through and all the horrible things that are happening. This is just saying like in this afternoon, like, oh, it's nice just to be sitting here in the yard and appreciating the moment that I have. I want to make that clear. That's about appreciating the moment, not being happy about the situation.
1: Oh, you know? definitely. Definitely. I get exactly what you're saying, but it's great to yeah. hear that you're uh, getting exercise and getting jacked. As far as I can tell from uh, photos, your chest has expanded about 6 to 12 inches.
0: I've put on about like 150 pounds of muscle. It's
1: unbelievable. You, I feel like you need a completely new wardrobe, like like flannels with the sleeves cut off.
0: I've ripped off all the sleeves off all of my flannels already. I wore a lot of like stretchy material, like cottons, you know, like loose weaves. So that's, that's fine. You know,
1: I picture Uh, you just walking around, like slugging down motor oil and like uh, bending metal bars in half, like uh, something out of over the top.
0: Well, what I actually do is I bend the metal bar into like a twisty straw. (laughs) And then I put that in the motor oil bottle (laughs) and just drink that like that. It's a little fun thing to do. You know, I mean, I know it's silly, but right now, it's like you gotta find ways to fulfill your time and have fun, you know. Yeah, and
1: just learn more about yourself and what you're Absolutely. capable of.
0: Absolutely, and every any way, any way, anyone can do whatever people can do right now to pat, you know, feel sane. Whatever it is, as long as it's safe, I'm all for. You know, it's like a lot of people are saying, you know, like this is your opportunity to get in shape, or this is your opportunity to do something productive, or work on projects. Like, if you want to play video games right now nothing but video games, and that keeps your brain from turning into a clusterfuck of anxiety, more power to you. Oh, you know? yeah, of course. Do whatever you need to do uh, as long as it's not, you know, gathering at the beach with 100 and 50 people.
1: Yeah, maybe... Uh, maybe just shout at your neighbors from across the street or, yeah. uh, you know, learn how to stand on your head or uh, play a game where you sleep as long as you can and then try and beat that record. Uh, Absolutely. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Everybody's experience is going to be a little bit different.
0: Absolutely. Well, all that being said, you know, I guess that kind of brings us up to date on what we are, where we are and what we're doing with our lives. The important Uh, thing
1: is that we're back together, you and me. That's
0: true. That's right. Like, it's funny because. The boys are back. The boys are back.
1: Like the song says.
0: uh, It's. Wait, the boy uh, Wait, I was think I was thinking the boys from Brazil, but that's a completely different thing. <laughs> Especially little Hitlers. Um we do not want to be associated with.
1: Yeah, we definitely don't want to PS with go, that.
0: I went to go actually went to go watch that movie because I thought it was on some s- streaming service for free, but it I thought I had seen it on there, but it wasn't there, so.
1: You're that's probably really better story. off. Uh,
0: I don't know. Have you ever seen that movie? It's kind of fun.
1: <laughs> I have not. You know what it is, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a little, it's a little fun. Little, little, little Hitler clones. Gregory Peck's like, I'm gonna clone little, little Hitlers.
1: That's weird, man. It that is, weird. is weird. I find myself not wanting to watch anything that doesn't involve a creature. Like, if there's something with tentacles or slime, or currently, or just in general. I mean, definitely currently, but also in general. Like it, I know
0: you always, like, there's a, definitely a slime rating for you in terms of movies. Like, yeah. the, amount of, the amount of slime in the movie will definitely increase its quality, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think that's informing my interest in life overall. Uh, mm. Some people, like, check their blood sugar levels. Like, I'm always checking my, my slime levels.
0: No, oh, how are they doing today?
1: Uh, They're doing okay. I mean, I haven't... Nice. I mean, I drank something that looks like slime but I haven't really encountered too much slime related content but you know the day is young it's it's still early so anything can happen
0: well if you want a good uh creature movie um right now that has some slime and some goo actually and not as much not it's not it's not slime focused but there is some a, a fair amount of like gooey slimy weird bodily fluidy type stuffs is uh the newest uh don't Japanese say Planet of the Apes. No, not Planet of the <laughs> Apes. The newest Japanese Godzilla movie, uh, Shin Godzilla, not the one that came out in the states last year or King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. Um, but the, yeah, the newest Japanese one, Shin Godzilla, is that's excellent. the one with
1: the short arms. He's got the tiny little arms.
0: In in a portion of the movie, he has tiny little arms. He, he eventually matures. they
1: grow. He yes. matures and they become proportionately yeah. sized arms.
0: Which I don't know, I don't think I know if I've ever asked you or like if if you're into Godzilla at all or not. Yeah, I like um,
1: uh I like a Godzilla. Uh I liked the original Gareth Evans Godzilla. That um, was
0: actually pretty good. Yeah, I like I enjoyed that.
1: I like some of the more creature oriented Godzilla films like Space Godzilla. Right. Uh that one's really cool and whatever the one is with the giant plant monster.
0: Oh, uh, Biolante.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm
0: a, I'm a big Godzilla fan, and I like Godzilla. I like one thing I like about him is just all the different iterations of him. Yes. You know, like sometimes it's a super dead serious movie, and other times it's. Oh yeah, it's son of weird.
1: Godzilla, like him oh, yeah, like, teaching his his little turtle boy how to be a man.
0: <laughs> which I love. I love. I love that one too, and I, that's what I love about it is just like how in the same the same character and from movie to movie, it's like it's like okay, this one it's just gonna be like a over the top kids movie with a talking baby Godzilla. And then next, the next one's going to be like dead, like serious, like allegory for horrible shit happening. But I watched, uh, I've been meaning to watch Shin Godzilla. I mean, since it came out, which was probably like 2016 or 17, it was the first Japanese produced Godzilla movie in like over 10 years. Um, And, I watched it right at kind of the start of when we all went into like shelf self quarantine or shelter in place. And it's actually a really great, really great movie to watch right now because so much about the movie is about the government response to Godzilla. You know, and it's a lot of it. There's a lot of maybe not considered the most exciting scenes, but a lot of just like scenes of politicians in rooms having uh, bureaucratic discussions and wasting time when they should be like dealing with the situation. And it's really good because it shows, one, a country responding incompetently to a crisis, which I don't know if that sounds familiar to you at all right now, Uh, and then turning the gears and it's basically all the politicians, all the established people in charge don't know how to handle the situation, so they turn to like scientists and biologists on the outskirts who are not part of the establishment who well, don't fringe uh, science. Yeah. Well, people who just want not fringe science, but people who aren't worried about, you know, messing up their reputations or looking bad in the public eye, because there's even a point where they're asking like one of their, uh, science experts that are like, they're like, well, what do you think that is going to happen next with the, the, the guy? Cause he, he guys kind of evolves before our eyes. And this one, he starts out in like kind of a minute a pupil stage and has a metamorphosis and one of the scientists is like, well, I have my speculations, but I don't want to say because I don't want it to be wrong and I don't want to look, I don't want to look bad, you know? So then they turn, they just turn the gears and look to the other people who are just like, I don't have a reputation. I'll just do whatever we need to do to fix things, you know?
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good uh, allegory for what's going on right now. And it is a, of course a direct allegory for, for, the tsunami and, and uh, nuclear meltdown that happened in Japan about was that like six, seven years ago.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I have never been in a position where, uh, I've been overly critical of people in leadership positions just because they're tasked with dealing with problems like that. Not to say that they shouldn't be criticized, but when a, a problem like uh, Godzilla comes up or even like Pacific rim, when, mm-hmm. uh, the, who are those monsters called? The, they're called the Kaiju. Kaiju, yeah, they call them Kaiju. Yeah. Okay. the A portal opens up in the ocean and monsters right. walk out of it. And 100%. It, and people who are used to dealing with, uh, you know, complaints about taxes and infrastructure and the economy and things of that nature, they're supposed to figure out what to do about these impossibly large monsters from another dimension. Right good luck the fact that they were able to come yeah, up totally. with a solution in the form of giant robots is actually a, a an impressive feat
0: uh-huh yeah totally alone and in fact well, i
1: I've, the i feel worse for the folks in godzilla because they seemingly had no better ideas other than uh let's launch some nukes at it
0: right well and i'll say i'll say to ancient godzilla the uh the incompetence to dealing with the situation is more about the characters being in over their heads rather than uh, them just having a disregard or not caring about the populace. Uh, so there, I guess that would be kind of something that would be a little bit different from at least in my opinion of what's going on right now in this country where it's like, oh, uh, our leaders just don't really care that much about us and they don't care if we die or get sick, but I don't know. I'm not trying to get too political on the trash heap. Well,
1: it, in the end, our current reality is much closer to a movie than I would I would prefer it to be.
0: One hundred percent. You know, it's like <laughs> ever like you're a kid or something. You have like these fantasies, like the, like the oh, wouldn't it be sweet if the Road Warrior happened or a zombie outbreak, and none of those things are fun.
1: No, we were wrong. Waterworld. Maybe yeah. Men in Black would be cool, uh, but. That's kind of where it ends.
0: Like, the first half of Men in Black would be cool, where he's just, like, having aliens make him coffee. Yeah, or... You know? And, yeah. and the worst thing that happens is he's like, oh, like, this alien's is, like, dealing illegal diamonds, you know? Yeah, or
1: he has to deliver the squid baby in traffic.
0: Yeah, that's that stuff's all great, you know? Yeah, but, uh, yeah there's you know, the whole, like, uh, bugs trying to invade their, our, our planet and eat us. That's, that's where it stops being fun.
1: It's a real nightmare scenario, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well... I don't know, Keith, uh, have you seen anything good recently that you, before we get into our main discussion, which is the movie Bright, have you seen anything that uh, you want, that you're like, oh, this is a fun little thing I watched that uh, maybe people could watch while they're in quarantine, something that's streaming perhaps?
1: No, I haven't been really doing too much other than I've been watching a lot of Fulci zombie movies on Uh Shudder, the horror streaming service. Um, Oh, Yeah. So Shutter, uh, I'm about to hit you with a, a positive review here. So if you'd like Ooh. to sponsor the show, uh, feel free to reach out at your leisure because I'm gonna give you a glowing review. Um, Shutter is uh, it's cheap. It's only like five ninety nine a month. Um, I
0: think it's even cheaper than that. I th- it's th- like. Four ninety nine, 99 or maybe that's if you like buy the year in advance but oh yeah way, yeah they've got, they've also
1: got like promos for like a free month and things like that they're they're tremendous yeah shutter.com download your free trial today um, and,
0: and quite a bit of content as well on, on it you know yeah
1: and there's actually there's quite a few movies i've been meaning to get to on there but uh they just removed all the friday the 13th movies oh they and,
0: did i just i just saw them they're like a couple
1: days ago. Yeah, they just came off um, just in time for Mother's Day. But uh, in their place is movies like City of the Living Dead and Zombie and um, The Beyond. um, These kinds of, you know, sort of Italian zombie movies. And um, there was a time in my life when those movies didn't hold a lot of interest for me because they're Mm -hmm. very they're highly stylized and you could argue that they're a little bit boring and kind of weird. And
0: I've never been like, I've not seen a tremendous amount of Fulci fans, but he's not like, I know of like the uh, guys you're supposed to really be into. He's always been like one of the guys. I'm like, yeah, his movies are fine.
1: Yeah. Well, after um, quite a bit of time not paying attention to them, whatever they're doing uh, just hit, hit the right spot this time and so watching all those movies i just mentioned kind of back to back um was a lot of fun and my favorite out of the three was probably the beyond um featuring which
0: i know that's that's supposed to be his best one and i haven't seen that
1: one yeah it the the makeup effects are are really great um you say what you want about the story um you know, they are what they are. Like it, city of the living dead is, you know, a priest commits suicide. Um, and then starts appearing in front of people and trying to hypnotize them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when he locks eyes with them, they turn into zombies and eventually the entire town turns into zombies. So it's, uh, you know, pretty off the wall stuff, but it's gross and it's weird. And the music's great. The atmosphere is tremendous. Um, and you know, zombie, uh, probably the most famous of all, mm-hmm. is actually kind of designed as a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, like an unofficial yeah, an sequel. Unofficial, yeah. And um, if you look at that it, in that context, sort of existing in the same world as the Romero zombie films, uh, all right, paints it in a new light and makes it um, pretty enjoyable. Well, there you go. Yeah, I wish I had something more insightful to say other than I enjoyed watching them. But they're they're great to just well, kind of throw on and appreciate for their visuals and uh, you know the ambiance sounds.
0: If anything, it's like maybe a good like even if you're not if, you, if you're not engaging with the story, they're like good like full laundry two movies.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: You know, well, there you go. Have it, Shutter. A uh, great review of your service, so if you are th- thinking about sponsoring us, there you have it. Just in case you don't respond to us, I'm going to give a bad review of something on Shudder. Boo. I started watching... Uh, Was
1: well, this a skin. bad review of the, the app itself, or in the service itself, or is it just well, a movie? It's
0: a, it's a, it's a Shutter uh, exclusive, so I think it's one of their produced oh. movies, or at least something they bought the rights to. Uh, it's uh, Cold Skin.
1: Cold Skin.
0: It's a... Uh, it's a movie... What's that guy? It's a French director. He directed that movie, Frontiers, and a Hitman in America, like the video game movie.
1: Oh. Uh, Xavier Gens? Gens? Yes, that guy. Something that guy. like that?
0: That guy. Um, it's, it's like a movie that takes place at the turn of the 20th century, early 20th century, about a lighthouse keepers, and the, the lighthouse is surrounded by weird aquatic humanoid monsters. And it's... It's not necessarily awful or anything, but it's just one of those movies where you're watching it and halfway through. It's like I don't care. Ah. I don't care. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just done. I don't have anything else to do, but I don't want to continue watching this. Uh,
1: well, there you go. Shudder. get that uh, crap go. off of your streaming service. Get it off right but now.
0: Shutter does have a lot of great stuff, and when we said uh, like they have a lot of content, it's actually more uh, quality over quantity. There is a fair amount of stuff there, but the bulk of it is good stuff and it's there's a there's a lot to pick from but not so much that you just get lost in um uh searching for something you know and like spend 40 minutes looking for something and then end up watching nothing you know
1: yeah you could probably run through all of your options you can also check out their curated playlists um, that's true and sort of genre collections you know if you're looking for zombies or vampires or slashers or maybe just the horror essentials uh shutter exclusives
0: uh, they added um, um, Elvira Mistress of the Dark on there recently. So there you have it.
1: Oh, that's great. That's a perfect pairing with uh, the current uh, Last Drive-In, Joe Bob Briggs revival that's going Absolutely.
0: on. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. All right. So let's see here. Well, should we get into it, Keith?
1: Yep. it's. Uh, I'm done um, polishing Shutter's knob. Um, there we go. Uh, just so to reiterate, s- this, epi- this episode of Sh- the Trash Heap is not sponsored by Shudder, but you can still go to Shudder.com and download your free Shudder trial today.
0: Should we give them a fake discount code?
1: Oh, definitely not.
0: Okay. Fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's the What's the reason we're here today? We
0: watched the movie Bright, which, I don't know, I, I had seen before. Had you seen it ever? Had you watched it before? I think you had, right?
1: No, I had never seen Bright before, and the reason why is because this movie was universally panned as the worst movie of 2017 uh, by just about everyone you can think of. Except uh, for me. It has a 28% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, Richard Roper of the Chicago Sun-Times, gave this film one and a half out of four stars. Uh, David Ehrlich of IndieWire gave the film an Ooh. F. <laughs> David Ehrlich, that's right. He, he said, and I quote, there's boring, there's bad, and then there's bright. From the director of Suicide Squad and the writer of Victor Frankenstein comes a fresh slice of hell that Ooh. somehow represents new lows for them both a dull and painly Ouch. derivative ordeal that often feels like it was made just to put those earlier misfires into perspective. Ouch. Wow.
0: Okay. Well,
1: yeah, this is, you... this movie was panned. I mean, almost immediately. Um, and you know, you can go on YouTube and just searching for the movie bright, you'll see about a thousand entries of, you know, just YouTube talking heads, uh, just tearing this thing to shreds. It was the number one most hated movie, but it's also the most watched movie on Netflix by a country mile.
0: That's right. And now before you get into, before you tell us what you thought of it, since this is the first time you've seen it.
1: Well, let me, let me preface this by saying too, I am not the target audience for this movie. I don't like fairies. I don't like elves. I don't like magic. I don't like any of that Lord of the Rings questing for Destiny, like, bull crap. I am, I I, you know, I like a little bit of Willow. I like a Conan sure. the Barbarian. Um, I it's, like it's some not, of that. It's not your genre. Yeah, it's literally, I don't like books uh, about fantasy things. I don't like video games about fantasy things. I am just not into that kind of thing. That so being said, like to- I love a good uh, mashup concept. Gotcha. What if?
0: So, so when you when you when you see a fantasy when you enjoy a fantasy movie or whatever, it's the exception that proves the, that proves the rule, you know. Oh, definitely. Uh, okay, so so to me when I when I saw this, I what's perplexing and one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode about on Bright is I don't think this is the greatest movie ever made. Uh, I enjoy it, but I don't understand the universal hatred of this movie because overall I think it's like. Yeah, it's not the most original or the best movie ever made, but it's not bad. It's pretty good.
1: Yeah, and I don't think we came here to just pile on because everyone already did that in two thousand seventeen when this came out. And by the very nature of this show, we're here to, you know, defend movies that miss the mark typically right. uh, and are lacking in some areas, but you know have some good qualities about them and have some value. Um, totally. Although I would say this movie left me with more questions than answers, uh but I do believe there are some high spots in it. It is not uh irredeemable and useless and I was at the end even though I was left unsatisfied, I did feel it was worth watching and checking right. out.
0: Yeah, it's just more like I was saying like I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, it was a fun for me it was a fun time. Um and just like yeah, the the, the amount of just like hatred it's gotten like the, the reviews that were so scathing like when I perhaps maybe going in the first time after hearing how bad it was and I watched it and I was just like wait this isn't bad Well you I, know so maybe that helped boost boosted up in my opinion in my perspective but even on this second viewing I was still like yeah this is a totally solid genre pick you know
1: wanna well, it's certainly possible and let me know what you think about this that because of who is involved in this movie it was set up for disappointment like right out of the gate because this movie is directed by David Ayer.
0: Who has a very, I would say, spotty track record. He's been involved in some very good things and some not so hot
1: things. Well, that's exactly right. And I think the biggest, the the points that stand out here really are the fact that um, David Ayer is responsible for writing Training Day.
0: Right, which is a great
1: movie. Yeah, and it's not—it's hard to ignore the callbacks to Training Day and the, the sort yeah. of parallels in this movie. He was also, uh, let's see, he directed End of Watch, which a lot of folks uh, would say is a pretty solid cop outing, like in a more of a like found footage style. Which utilizing- is funny
0: because that's one uh, one movie of his that I was that I was like uh, I didn't I didn't really like it. You know, I didn't think it was horrible but i was just like when it was done i was just like i didn't need that movie
1: and then uh, obviously people were very split on suicide squad which i thought was had a lot of really good qualities there was quite a few things about that that i enjoyed especially the sort of style of it like the from the opening credits to the, the the character like wardrobe and makeup effects and the the vignettes um yeah things like that maybe overall i don't know if the movie worked but i thought it had a lot of good qualities about it so yeah i think you're right he had a very spotty resume here leading up but his previous involvement in cop movies um kind of points towards some kind of uh expertise and right. u- unique voice yeah. on the subject matter or uh, at least
0: a competent a competency in it you know yeah exactly but then not, before we get too far Before I don't want to derail anything, but just before we get... I do want to say one thing about Suicide Squad.
1: Oh, here we go.
0: I didn't like that movie. However, I'll say this about it. I have absolutely hated Jai Courtney in every single movie I've seen him in, except for Suicide Squad. I loved him in that.
1: He really had a lot to do with the success of that character. You could tell he was having fun just being a slimy, sleazy boomerang throwing dirtbag
0: and then, yeah it just leads to me to believe that he's just he's not a bad actor he's just been like wildly miscast and everything else yeah because holy shit is captain boomerang that was by in a far and away the best portion of that movie and he was
1: great yeah it's almost like they try to pigeonhole him into these roles where you know you would need like a symmetrical faced you know pretty boy uh leading man but he's well, he's got secretly he has all this personality
0: I think well, it's just like you and I were talking—not for podcast reasons, just you know, because we're friends the other night about—and I was saying how I was watching uh, the Waco TV series from ah. a couple years ago, and I was how that's got a what's his name, Taylor Kirsch or Kitch, uh, the dude from—he's John Carter, he's John Carter and John Carter. Oh. Anyway, I've—he's a very handsome, muscly, you know, leading man-looking yeah. type guy, and he's always played those roles. And then the movies I've seen him in. I did not care for him at all. I thought he had zero charisma. But he plays David Koresh, like the the leader of the 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 religious cult in Waco, yeah, and he's the Branch Davidians. The Branch Davidians, yes, and he is great in that. So sometimes maybe it's not that these guys, or you know, or actors or actresses are bad. It's just that they're put in these roles based on their physicality and not their actual acting chops. Or yeah, what they're what they're what they're Made to do. Anyway, a little digression before getting back. I think I derailed you, the point you were making earlier. No, ahead.
1: I think that's uh, worth saying. And I, I mean, we could probably spend a good chunk of time talking about Jai Courtney. Um, I'm a big fan of Terminator Genesis, but I, I thought it was
0: pretty good. But I did not like him in it.
1: Yeah, I think he was totally wrong for the role. And I think after when after I saw The Predator, uh, that guy Boyd Holbrook, who plays the uh, the main guy uh, Quinn. I thought yeah. he was a perfect uh, sort of adjacent Michael Biehn, uh, Kyle Reese type. He had that yeah. kind of intensity and, and just... scrappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he felt like somebody who had, like, suffered through s- some things. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But, uh, yeah. Well,
0: that's, yeah, that the character, Kyle Reese, he's almost like a feral animal. Yes. And Jai Courtney, they presented him as just kind of like this, like, very typical muscly action hero
1: yeah and he he didn't have a lot of sort of pathos uh mm-hmm. to the moments where he needed it unfortunately he yeah. just has he doesn't have enough like lines and edges in his face kind of yeah, thing he's like, like it's he's like
0: well i traveled in time and i guess i gotta bang this hot chick
1: yeah he they get into like a little bit of romantic comedy territory there like we're yeah he's like oh i saw you naked and, blah, and i fell in <laughs> love with you and blah. it's like nah like he kind of belongs more in something like a like a deadpool movie or a suicide yeah. squad
0: a suicide squad <laughs> well
1: these tangents are a lot of fun let's just keep going down all these weird yeah we, roads. We, we
0: never we never get to uh we never get to the, the bright it's – it's like our – what was our summer camp episode? Yeah, right? if
1: you'd love to hear an entire show where we never get to the actual topic, check out uh, The Trash Heap Goes to Summer Camp uh, a couple episodes back.
0: We talk a lot about soup in that episode. Uh,
1: so, soup you know. is uh, – yeah, it's a real uh, – Or no,
0: chili. We talk about chili.
1: Yeah. In, well, in fact, uh, go, go back and check out a, a few of the episodes. We've got the, uh, the Collins special, uh, Hot Garbage Fire Disaster, uh, which oh, is yeah. worth listening to once in your life. Um,
0: it's only like 15 minutes, and that's all it needs to be. Yep,
1: 15 minutes of, of pure hell. Um, and also check out uh, what I think is probably our finest work, our masterwork, our magnum opus, if you will, and that's uh, Last Action Hero.
0: That's a good episode.
1: I think it's tremendous, and uh, it, it's probably the, the peak of everything we've ever attempted to do. Um, but there's also other fun stuff like the the triple extravaganza. Uh, that's a two-parter. Um, what was that? Taylor Lautner? Oh,
0: Abduction. That's Abduction. a good one. Abduction.
1: Yeah, that one's tremendous. There's all kinds of great episodes. Um, uh, currently, the most popular episode of all time, though, would appear to be John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: That was like our first or second episode, I think. The right? second. Maybe
1: third? Yeah. Well, technically the third because we had a, a zero episode because we oh, didn't right. know if this, yeah. this whole thing would work. But uh, <laughs> Totally. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks, to everybody, uh, for listening to the show and everybody who checks it out and downloads and leaves a review. And I know you're supposed to say this kind of stuff at the beginning or the end, but uh, I'm saying it now.
0: No, because you say it in the middle because by if you say it at the beginning, they have forgotten by the end. If you wait till the end, some people may have stopped listening.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, all you Spotify <laughs> listeners, I'm looking at you. That's uh, right. Yeah, don't forget to you know subscribe on the uh, uh, follow us on Spotify, and then uh, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're also on uh, Stitcher and uh, most places where you can find your podcast. So uh, uh, check us out. Keep listening. We got yeah. we got way more to say.
0: I didn't even actually know that we were on Stitcher, so that's kind of
1: fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Stitcher's pretty solid there. Uh, we got a decent amount of uh, listeners on there.
0: Well, there we go. See? Look at me, guys. I'm learning something new about my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to Bright.
1: Yeah, so, I, yeah, the, I mean, I think the point I was trying to get to is uh, I feel like this movie was kind of set up uh, to disappoint a little bit because of, one, David mm-hmm. Ayer being involved in his... Uh, Uh, cop expertise especially with training day and then uh the second part of that is uh max landis you ever heard of this kid you're familiar with this this kid have you seen (sighs) him have you heard of him
0: hi that guy
1: well personal feelings aside you know it's easy to find out some information about him and uh he seems like a real turd burglar but he is also the son of uh, director John Landis who is a you know fairly prolific guy uh, despite any you know crimes against humanity he may have uh, performed oh,
0: man, that, there, there's something that people can watch on Shudder <laughs> yeah check out was...
1: Cursed Films on Shudder uh, and watch
0: his episode because oh boy I mean this was all stuff I knew but like man
1: the structure of that episode I don't want to get into it because I don't no. want to spoil anything for anybody but that thing hit like a sledgehammer. I was very yeah. impressed with whoever put that together. Uh, was very well made. diabolical.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that one. That's one to check out if you if you feel like uh, being bummed out.
1: But uh, Max Landis uh, also strikes me as he, he's obviously a young screenwriter. Um, a little bit of Hollywood nepotism kind of gave him a leg oh, up totally. on people, um, and uh, you can tell he's the kind of guy who likes. Um, you know uh elves that wear three-piece suits uh, and carry guns
0: here's what i'll say about max landis and this is any talent or lack thereof aside like we said you could look up it sounds like he's kind of a sh- like a kind of a shitbag for sure if you look up things about him all that aside max landis is probably one of the last people that i'd want to be like in a room alone with and be forced to talk to <laughs> if you've ever seen this guy on in any form of interview uh at all uh, he is possibly one of the most grating irritating schmucks you know there are people in this world that are definitely infinitely more e- evil than him but i'd rather have a conversation with because at least they might be interesting or have some weird like psycho charisma Max Landis is just one of the most, like, like, God, why, why, why is this guy here type of guys I've ever come across. There's a Joe Dante has a YouTube channel called trailers from hell, which it's just basically directors, screenwriters, people, or other people involved in the movie business talking about movies. They play the trailer and they, for movies they like, and then they talk about it. And they're usually like lesser known genre pictures, not always, and he's on it a handful of times and God, this, he sucks so <laughs> much. And just like if his, his persona presentation of himself, his attitude, the sound of his voice, this is the way he talks about things. Like every movie he talks about, it, he's like, and it's got this chicken and like chicken and look at her, look at how hot she is. Look at Linda Hamilton and Terminator. Oh man, look at them tits. What a babe, you know? And it's just like, it's like if you took the nerdiest Star Trek kid you ever met and mashed him with, uh, like, the worst frat boy you've ever encountered.
1: Yeah, he's a real uh, cultural smoothie. Yeah. Uh, He's also one of these guys who doesn't believe in word economy. He's always kind of thinking out loud and working out his ideas Mm -hmm. verbally rather than Mm-hmm. A- able to condense what he's trying to say into something succinct.
0: And I think I have that problem sometimes, but not on the level of this guy.
1: Well, hey man, we got microphones. We're we have the power now, so we're going to <laughs> we're going to take yeah, him. Fuck now. you,
0: Max Landis. You know who's never going to be on this show? Max fucking Landis. Yeah. And he emails me every week begging Begging to be on the trash heap, he says, "I'll do for you what I did for Trailers from Hell." And I said, "That's exactly what I'm worried about." Yeah, a bunch of because I stopped down. watching. I stopped watching that channel after I saw a couple of his. Oh,
1: poor Joe Dante.
0: That's not true. I kept
1: watching. let <laughs> <it just. laughs> let's look at his resume real quick too, because so the the interesting thing is that Max Landis wrote Bright, but then David Ayer actually rewrote his script.
0: Oh, really? That would explain why it's probably. The best uh, thing he's written is because someone else wrote <laughs> half of it.
1: Well, here's what else Max Landis is responsible for. Uh, Chronicle.
0: Oh, he wrote that? I didn't know that. I haven't seen that one. People seem to like it, but I haven't seen it.
1: You know, I think it it fits in with that whole wave of what if superheroes Hello. were real. So it fits in with, you know, the Shyamalan um, Unbreakable films and things like that. But... Um. Sure. It, it also is, um, it's one of those movies that is a strong high concept, but the actual execution maybe is a little, uh, still a little clunky. But you you know, it's mm-hmm. you got to give them props for trying something new and, and trying to bring something new and refreshing to the table. Um, sure. So he wrote Chronicle. He also wrote American Ultra.
0: Which that movie is a steaming turd.
1: I didn't know anybody saw that.
0: I watched it. I watched it late one night. I think after getting home from work, and uh, it was just like I think the first thing that popped up in whatever streaming app I was. Yeah. I was, and I I did not have the energy to look for anything, so I just started it because it was something I was like, oh, I've heard of this. I'll watch it, and oof, it's it's real bad.
1: And then also, uh, Victor Frankenstein.
0: That movie, I'll say the uh, the first third of that movie is actually pretty good like it starts out pretty strong and i was into it and i was like oh this is this is a kind of a cool movie uh not mind-blowing or anything but you know fun fun like little horror movie and it takes a steep nosedive about 30 40 minutes in
1: interesting
0: and it's a long movie too it's like i think it's like two hours and 15 20 minutes so it's not like it takes a dive and then there's when it's half over it's it's that it's, it's towards the beginning
1: well he also produced the sci-fi series channel zero which is um kind of, oh, universe, kind of universally loved i think
0: like like the is the like a the, like a kind of a more horror oriented twilight zone
1: yeah very reality bending kind of mm-hmm. abstract things going on there but like i said he just produced that he also produced dirk gently's holistic detective agency for BBC I America,
0: s- I haven't seen that one. I prefer that. I've also heard that one's pretty good.
1: Yeah, so uh, there we are. But I think, uh, yeah, right off the gate, we've got a little bit of a, uh, what would you refer to that as? Um, uh, I guess a, they're already at a disadvantage having that pair.
0: Right, and something interesting too about Max Landis and this movie is, I he, he referred to it as his Star Wars.
1: And that's one thing I noticed. It's interesting you brought that up because it felt like there's a lot of things mentioned but purposefully not explained as if they were going to be explained in a sequel or shown oh, in no. a he's, sequel. Oh, he's definitely Just said that he's everywhere.
0: Planned, it, planned it as a trilogy. Well. and But it's so it's bizarre to me. It's like, why is his Star Wars, this movie has... Literally nothing in common with Star Wars other than the fact that uh, the the some sort of magical power is both strong in Luke Skywalker, but he doesn't know it. And it's the same with Will Smith, that he doesn't know that he can wield magic, you know? Yeah, and I don't... Other than that, other than that this should be his alienation since it's such a blatant ripoff.
1: Oh, straight up rip off of alienation. And, and alienation was... Um, stronger in every single category from the origin of the mythology and the, the setup to the execution. And I think that the biggest problem that this movie had was no central plot as far as what are the cops even doing right, right. In, in alienation. And I didn't, I didn't want this to become a um, side by side. like Yeah. Uh, yeah. One yeah. of our head to head face off episodes, but alienation yeah. is so similar and yet, strong, so much stronger in every facet. But the cops are—all of these things are going on within the world—the the landing of the aliens on Earth and them integrating into society. But then, as we follow the cops, the cops are working on cases and working on a sort of a bigger mystery, um, mm-hmm. driving them forward, even when other things are happening in parallel. And even when there's something, um, you know, more nefarious, like a conspiracy type thing occurring, um, they're still moving forward by working on this case and also working through their personal problems and their interpersonal relationship. Meanwhile, Bright is just sort of meandering all over and all of the characters are kind of zigzagging and their relationships are zigzagging. They're not progressing in any way, especially the relationship between... Uh, Jacoby the Orc and uh, Will Smith's Ward they're just sort of you never get a sense of like Jacoby is is he a rookie cop is he seasoned his upbringing like does he not know he's an Orc because he seemingly (laughs) is like he's like scared all the time he's the most fragile even for a police officer, he's just constantly, like, unsure of himself and shaking. and It's like Mil- if Milhouse from The Simpsons became a cop.
0: Yeah, which I would watch that movie
1: 100%. Yeah, but it's but I'm it's like, things like this that really, like, hold it back.
0: Yeah, it definitely doesn't have, like, I mean, we can, we like I said, we're not going to go into, like, all the ways that, uh, why Alienation is a better movie when it's, and this is so clearly a ripoff of James that. James because- James Gunn, you
1: know. Well, and also uh, Men in Black, right? If you put Will Smith with Tommy Lee Jones as sort of the the rookie uh, new to the scene, learning about aliens and l- learning about this world he d- had no idea about, um, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. It's fascinating to listen to Tommy Lee Jones talk about everything. It's funny, and it's fun to see Will Smith's reactions to everything. And, like, oh, yeah. his perspective going from the Mean streets of crime to now, these like absolutely wild, like slime covered streets of policing aliens mm-hmm. versus uh, bright, where you have you just sort of have orcs dressed up like gang members, and well, uh, they're not really doing any orc things really until the very end.
0: I do like how uh, the movie, um, well, it definitely doesn't have the structure, uh, narrative strength of those other two movies that we just mentioned. What I do like about Brighton and I think it does do well is the fact that because this is not like, oh we just found out that I just found out that there are aliens or uh, in Men in Black or there's this recent integration of aliens arriving on Earth in Alien Nation. This is like a, a alternate history where magic and monsters were real, you know, since the dawn of time and this is what our world would be like in, if our society had developed to its modern society like that but these creatures and different species and different races exist and i like the way they integrate that into modern society as with a history to it you know i like uh, that in
1: theory but in execution they just did nothing with it like fairies are just flying around as if they were mosquitoes
0: and that is one of the, – there is some sloppy parts, and that fairy scene is possibly one of the sloppiest, particularly with that, like, really on-the-nose lines, like, fairy lives don't matter.
1: Yeah. Stuff
0: like that, or when the like the two guys from Internal Affairs are talking about why orcs don't play basketball, why, they, why they're why linebackers, and why it's not racist, it's just genetics, you know. Right, so there's some st- – That stuff is just so on-the-nose and so obvious in their allegory that it actually – weakens the allegory, you know?
1: Yeah. And then there's moments where, um, you know, they capture that, uh, the dirty guy with the sword, and they're interviewing uh-huh. I mean, he starts talking about the shield of light. Um, and th- right. there's finally a little bit of exposition there that's interesting, and it's hinting at something, and it's, it's contributing. And then there's not really much of a payoff for that.
0: That's one of those things that, like, yeah, we're probably... As- in a sequel would be
1: yeah we're laying explored. all the groundwork for the sequel but it's like well i'm here in this movie so like give it give me something learn a,
0: more, a little bit you could have like a, a news report where someone said like a fanatic from the shield of light cult you know just to something that, to establish it a little bit more
1: exactly
0: within the universe you know like not a lot but just so we have a, a an idea that's like oh th- this is not just one guy and it's a known thing it's just kind of a secret organization and they don't know who the members are, you know?
1: Right. And I don't need to be told everything in exposition, No, but where we're coming from is training day, right? You you can't watch this movie, even though that's the thing is like, is the orca rookie or not? Even Will Smith doesn't really see, his character Ward doesn't seem like, based on his age and confidence, you expect him to be a little bit of a higher ranking officer, but he seems like he's just like, a normal street cop like he's not a lieutenant or a sergeant or anything like that
0: well he kind of comes across and this you know um as somebody who was you know t- too good to become corrupt and expand and uh succeed that way and too corrupt to be good and succeed the other way you know what i mean like he's just why wa- he just seems like someone who kind of walks the line between this with no real strong yeah characteristic one way or the other it's not like he's a full-on corrupt cop who has like a kernel of goodness in him
1: and that actually Um, plagues the entire movie is you get just a little bit of all these ideas and concepts and characters and and facets to the world but nothing is pushed in any direction far enough for it to really make an impact and be like right. awe-inspiring or or terribly interesting, it's like all everything about it, all the characters, all the settings, all the events are very lukewarm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't fully agree with that. Like I said, I do like enjoy this movie, but I do think that there are missed opportunities. And even even with a character who kind of like walks that middle ground. You could make something more interesting with that, like when he does finally make a decision to act one way or the other, just emphasize that decision a little bit more. Yes. You know, like even when he like decides not to kill Jacoby and then kill the other cops, you know, that happens real quick. And then it's just on to the next thing, you know? Yeah. If they they spent like just 30 more seconds on there, it would increase the impact of that scene remarkably um well that's
1: i'm glad you brought that up though like maybe there are things to like about this movie so let's let's shift away from yeah (laughs) i know i started coming out firing uh just ragging on it but like what are some of the things that you really liked about it
0: well like i said i do like the like the uh the, the integration of you know these ancient creature you know monsters and stuff into everyday society and maybe sometimes perhaps of the reasons why it's not uh you know so well ex- you know well explained is because what would be the purpose of explaining something that's just everyday you know what I mean like I think that's where it stumbles the most is when people comment on the fact like oh it's kind of weird that there's orcs around here right and it's like why would that be weird when you live in a society uh Filled with them, you know. So just when it when it takes it at face value, I think it really kind of works well as that, and you know, with a few little stumbles here and there. It is like on a technical level, a, a pretty well made movie. It's yeah, it looks good. like
1: a million bucks.
0: The, the the car chase that that main car chase scene when they're running away from the, uh, right after they get the wand. and Oh, I really like that scene. car crash. It's great that is a great great car chase yeah
1: that practical uh when the the i don't know it's like a ford raptor or something like that or an suv or something uh crashes mm-hmm. and flips that was oh yeah tremendous
0: yeah so in like in those in all those respects like in the, in, in the places a movie like this kind of needs to to work and succeed it does you know i mean at least for like the not not necessarily in the what elevates it to a great movie but just as you know, an exciting, fun genre monster B movie, which if let's face it, so many of the movies that we like, you know, from when we we're younger and like 80s and 80s movies and stuff, some of them are truly remarkable. And a lot of them, we just like them because they have a weird monster in it and it's better than average. You, oh, know? Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I often think that I, and I know we've talked about this on the show, but like there's lots of movies that if they had come out in the 80s and were exactly the same other than the fact that they had, you know, a, a Kurt Russell in them instead of Matt Damon, a lot of the people who rag on them would cherish them as some of the greatest, you know, monster sci-fi horror movies ever. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and without, without, you know, you, you cause you could look at these, some of these movies that are revered as great examples of the genre And it's really just like, kind of a nostalgia thing that's keeping them going. Like, a lot of them are not great. Some of them are are amazing,
1: you know, and some of them are. Can you you think of a specific example?
0: Ah, let me see here. You know, like, this is one of those things whenever it comes up, you know, on the spot, you're like, oh, what's that one? It's the the thing with the stuff, (laughs) you know, because it's like.
1: I've seen the thing and the stuff, so.
0: Well, uh, those, I mean, I've actually never seen the stuff, but the thing is great. Uh, yeah this mean, I think
1: this I think the stuff uh, honestly suffers from that but it, it also is kind of daring in the fact that it was you know a low budget uh you know modern update to the blob and they also tried to go for the bent of you know uh you know the anti-consumerist uh angle where oh mm-hmm. everybody everybody's buying it everyone's eating it it's the stuff you know Right
0: yeah I don't know I think there's a I mean, honestly, that this might be kind of pretty controversial, but I would say the first Nightmare on Elm Street is not that great, and it's kind of just kind of exists more because of the sequels and the the atmosphere around it. You know, the atmosphere around uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is kind of what makes that series and that character. And if you had just Nightmare on Elm Street as the first one as a standalone movie, it's decent, but it's not it's nothing it's nothing that that remarkable you know
1: well i think too because of what was alongside it during that time right all these other like no one had really taken that angle with a slasher movie yet and Mm -hmm. also you look at something like friday the 13th where the how you talk about i mean that just celebrated its 40th anniversary uh just recently and as far as the first in a series goes, that's arguably one of the worst of all time. That was just
0: oh, totally
1: Sean Cunningham going for a cash grab on the success mm-hmm. of slashers. And to his credit, he knocked it out of the park. Um, and it actually, you know, without that movie, we wouldn't have some of the more beloved sequels and the, the entire mythology that, uh, people are in love with. Um,
0: that's probably a better example than the first, uh, uh, nightmare on elm street
1: yeah i think nightmare on elm street uh regardless of uh, whether it you know you think it uh has glaring flaws or failings i think it was done with way more artistic and creative intent than it most of its like, contemporaries
0: there's something about like the concept too that i think just kind of strikes a more like base nerve you know
1: yeah it's very relatable
0: yeah. So yeah, actually, that yeah, the the first uh, Friday the Thirteenth is a much better example of what I'm talking about. Well, I'm glad and, I'm
1: glad I could save you from <laughs> yourself you, on that I one. was like, <laughs> when I was on the spot, I was just like,
0: oh no, what am I? You know, what's going on here? You know. Uh,
1: well, I think you too like movies like uh, Cobra, um, uh-huh. are are you know that's a movie that I enjoy, but it's not lost on me that that movie is pretty silly. Um,
0: totally yeah like if those movies if that movie came same movie came out today you know with Vin Diesel it would just be like ah, oh, Vin Diesel's making another shitty movie that's not a Fast and the Furious movie you know well
1: I think that that's a great a uh, reference because I think movies like that do come out but they're closer to a triple x or a Fast and the Furious and yeah. I think they get overlooked but I think people growing up now in the same way you know, other people were growing up in the 80s, they'll have the movies like that. And they'll look back and say, oh, yo, do you like this, you know, X, Y, or Z movie? And it'll be their equivalent of Cobra. And people like us aren't going to necessarily understand or or be able to see it in that same way.
0: Totally, absolutely.
1: Which I think is actually really cool. And I try to think when new movies come out, I try to think about what if I was, like when um, It Follows came out, I got mm-hmm. really excited because my first thought was, holy shit, these people are not only getting like a brand new kind of urban legend for mm-hmm. their generation, but they're also getting something that's like a mix between like The Ring and like a John Carpenter movie. Totally. Like, that's cool. Like, they're going to get older and then they're going to remember that movie so fondly in the same way that we remember, uh, you know, Poltergeist and... Um, prince of darkness or whatever sure. and um and then they're gonna share it with people and, and talk about it in those same ways and that's the whole reason i love movies it's for those very reasons and so that's really exciting
0: oh yeah i would, I would agree like i I wasn't i wasn't crazy about that movie but for that purpose that you're talking about uh if it if it fills that need or void absolutely 100 percent. yeah you know?
1: Um, So anyway, we were talking about orcs. Orcs, yeah, back to orcs. (laughs) The alternate future, alternate history kind of thing. Yeah, I just feel like there was, in a lot of ways, it was just like, yeah, they're just here. Yeah. Uh, And there's no magic. There's no uh, silliness. There's no, they're just kind of wearing clothes and hanging out, like, drinking 40s and sitting in, uh, you know, disembodied uh, car seats and... uh, you know
0: which is cool and uh, but
1: it's like well, what are the what are the what is the uh sort of consequences of orcs integrating into society right so with like alienation uh you know the the newcomers are weird right they they drink they get drunk off of spoiled milk spoiled and milk, their, yeah. their erogenous zone is in their back right yeah so there's it, yeah something it, weird like that yeah it's not just like the window dressing looks different it's like there's there's ripples in the pond because of their existence so like when the the newcomer prostitutes are like way different uh and weird and like you know you'll get uh uh, drunk newcomers outside of a 7-eleven throwing up because they were in the dumpster uh finding spoiled milk right and just things like that and so you don't really get too many of those moments other than like uh the fairy uh you know being a nuisance
0: Well, I mean, I think you, but in this movie, you're going to have a lot more of like the culture clash not coming from, oh, here's an alien with a completely different culture than mine trying to integrate. It's more of like the ingrained culture clash like we experience in our society, you know, with, you know, a different country, someone from a different country, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. And I mean, those, that implication wasn't lost on me for sure.
0: I think, do you think the movie would have worked better if there had been like, say, like a little prologue? that like maybe explain some of the history yeah like they always reference like the oh the the why humans and orcs have this like century old beef you know because of the dark lord and all this stuff like if there had been something like that to like kind of you know to say like two thousand years ago humans fought against orcs to blah 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 it would
1: have been cool for it to be like a uh like documentary style clips or um Uh, news reports or radio clips like you said almost like uh you know the the opening to the dawn of the dead remake with all the the montage of news reports and footage from around the world and things like that something like that would have been tremendous versus just the silly like that graffiti uh stuff in the opening credits was very hammy
0: yeah, I would agree. You know, it's actually funny because there's actually is a movie that came out recently that me and Francis referenced on the last show that kind of did a similar thing as this movie and did it pretty well, albeit in a much more family-friendly way, is a, a, the Pixar movie Onward. Uh, because it's it's kind of a similar thing, except that the world that they live in is only magical creatures like goblins and centaurs and whatnot, except that magic, it was something that used to be used the same way it is in this movie that's kind of just not used anymore. It oh, was it's, little... it was like
1: an outdated thing. It's like, we, right, we it used to of, do drugs in the 60s, but now we don't.
0: Right, it's like we used to use magic because we didn't have other technologies to do this stuff. But then all of a sudden you have been a light bulb and you don't need magic to create a glowing orb. Oh, that's your, kind of interesting. Light your home. So it's just kind of like, it's it's always acknowledged that it's real, but it's just people don't practice it anymore. And like... There's some like nerds who are like, oh, we're like still into magic and like our amateur magic practitioner practitioners. Like when you encounter someone who, you know, still does like steel steel plate photography. Yeah, you know, it's like a hipster camera. thing
1: that people roll their eyes at.
0: Kind of, yeah. It's kind of more like that. So, like, but they have a little prologue explaining the the past world and the way it is instead of just instantly going into it. Which I do think sometimes, you know, being thrust into something, uh, works really well, and it did. Like I said, it didn't bother me in this, but I under- I see your point, and a prologue with a little bit of history about the Dark Lord and all this other stuff that's happening, kind of in the, in the corners of of the society, could have been helpful. Yeah, you know, for the viewer. Obviously, it would make no sense for. Uh, characters to explain to each other things they already know yes of course Um, but
1: i think there's 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 plenty of interesting ways to prevent that kind of thing because like uh even going back to train just training day when men in black you know there's those movies are very similar but those characters just riding around having conversations is way more interesting than what's going on in bright most of the time and in the case of training day uh, you know officer Hoyt isn't it's not like he's an idiot he knows about uh, drugs and gangs and crime he's been a police officer for a while he went through the academy uh, he's been a human being for at least 20 years um, so a lot of the wait
0: wait you're telling me Ethan Hawk in training day is not an orc
1: no he's not he's not an elf he's <laughs> not a fairy he's not a hobbit he's not some kind of lobster like creature Uh, Like
0: okay, because I I want to say like I was always really confused why no one was like commenting on the fact that he wasn't that he was a goblin. I always thought (laughs) I always thought that that's what was the case. I was like, is anyone is anyone going to mention that this guy's a goblin? It doesn't seem like goblins are common things around here, but like no one's saying anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Typically, they live under under bridges or in forest hovels, but yeah, he's out out and about trying to improve his community.
0: Oh well, there we go. movies does ethan hawk appear to be a goblin in
1: um what does, didn't he play the goblin witch in uh legend
0: what no that what, what no did he
1: no he didn't i'm just kidding oh okay. who, who played that who played the oh are
0: you talking about meg mucklebones yeah who played that, that was a uh, that was robert picardo
1: that's right the for man. a second,
0: for a second, I, got, I was thinking you were talking about like that little, remember there's that little kid guy who has an adult voice, with, but he
1: has like, oh horns? God, oh.
0: I thought you were, cause that, cause Ethan Hawke still would have been a little kid.
1: Yeah, he could have, he could have pulled that off. So
0: for a split second, I thought like, oh shit, was that, that, was that Ethan Hawke and I just never realized it?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. It's not. Yeah, that was Robert Picardo.
1: What a career Robert Picardo has had. We could we could easily get ready for the trashy tribute to the career of Robert Picardo because that guy is amazing. He was the coach
0: on, the coach on Wonder Years. He was the, the serial killer in The Howling.
1: Yeah, he got to transform into one of the most famous werewolves of all time. There you go. Uh, he was also on, uh, he was big in uh, Star Trek.
0: Yeah, he was that hologram doctor. Yeah, oh yeah. He was, oh, you know what movie it is that? He that is an underrated movie, that's really good. Uh, that he's in is uh, Madden a Go on. You, you you don't know that one? I don't believe so. It's a it's a it's like one of Joe Dante's last good movies. It's got John Goodman in it. Uh, he plays like a William Castle type guy. You know, like the William Castle, the guy who did like. All those like gimmick horror movies from the fifties, where they would, you go to the theater and they they you like uh, there would be like an electric shock put in the seat, that type of thing. And uh yeah, Robert Picardo plays a theater owner in that in a small role. His great little, it's-
1: His resume is absolutely insane. Listen to it's this. Crazy. Listen to this. The Howling, Legend, Explorers, Back to School. The Munchies, The Man Who Fell to Earth, Inner Space, 976 Evil, Dead Heat, Jack's Back, Lover Boy, The Burbs, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, Total Recall.
0: Wait, Robert Picardo is in Total Recall?
1: Yeah, he's the Johnny Cap. Oh, he's
0: he's the the voice of Johnny Cap. Yeah. yeah that's I right. mean
1: he's also that's his um his likeness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of, pretty much. It's like between Robert Picardo and Don
1: Knotts. Yeah small soldiers i mean there's some other, mega shark versus crocosaurus well
0: there you go that that just says it all right there truly an unsung hero
1: what a guy i can't believe he's in i mean 976 evil J- dead heat and jack jack's back that's like a who's who of vhs tapes at my local grocery store what from when totally. i was a kid they had like the the stupid, you know, five foot wide rack of like janky looking VHS tapes you could rent for, you know, a couple bucks. And uh, mm-hmm. all of those were, were, you know, displayed prominently. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah.
0: What a weird time that was.
1: So I hope, though, for that being said, I hope for Bright's sake, even though you don't really get scenarios like that anymore i hope that bright becomes more appreciated with time and that the lens of history is kind to it because like any movie that we've talked about on this show i think that they made a strong attempt here to do something special Mm. um and they you know decisions were made um good or bad right or wrong and um they really went for something and tried to bring something fresh and i think timing wise there wasn't anything else like this in 2017 and there hadn't no. been for a very long time and yeah, i remember yeah, yeah. the 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 hype and the excitement and the stills of the orcs being released and it was there was quite a bit of buzz
0: It, it like i said it's a from the from the get like Obviously, we've talked about the flaws in this movie. It's not a perfect movie by any means. You know, it's just a movie that was fun, enjoyable enough and did not deserve or like warrant like the amount of like scathing hatred that it received. Like I could see anyone being like, "Ah, I didn't like it. But just to talk about it in terms of just like one of the worst movies of recent years, it was mind boggling to me when I watched the movie that people hated like i almost got excited I'm like ooh let's see how bad this is you yeah. know and then i watched it and i was like this is this is just a per- perfectly pretty good like uh above average like monster pick you know
1: yeah and a pretty decent cop movie and it has something yeah. it has something to say regardless if that's like if it's heavy handed or not i think it has a good message to it totally. um, and i think by the end you land on the kind of fun buddy cop stuff that everyone was hoping for from the jump. Uh,
0: Right. And like I said, they're obviously, well, they even have have announced that they're doing a sequel to it. Yeah. So when I think perhaps, perhaps we'll get more of that, like, you know, like the buddy cop banter tuned in a little bit better in the next one. And maybe they'll expand like they like you're saying, expand on some of the unanswered questions that might even too, like as a whole, you know, with the two pieces together might, reflect a light onto the first half, you know. Right. So, okay,
1: if this is Max Landis's Star Wars, maybe the first one will be kind of like Neh. and then the second one like Empire strikes back will be, you know, the best entry.
0: Well, like, yeah, if you even if you look at Star Wars, like, I mean, no one's gonna argue that the first Star Wars isn't, unless, unless you're just someone who just doesn't like Star Wars, which is fine. But like, mo- no one's gonna come in and say like, well, that first Star Wars movie was just a bad movie; it wasn't a well made movie. But it 100% becomes a better movie in the light of the of the second one. Yes, precisely. you know what I mean? Like, it's a it's a it's a it's a the first one's a very well made good space adventure that uh, gets bumped up by. The plot developments and the pathos that happen in Empire, you know.
1: Yeah, knowing knowing where you're going uh makes how you got there a whole lot more interesting. Totally.
0: So I mean that's it. That's bright, man. It's a you know, it's not dark. That's not the name of the movie.
1: No, it's it's, it's much brighter than darkness.
0: It's not turn off the TV because and leave the TV screen dark because this movie was bad. It's yeah. bright. And
1: how about a hand for uh, Joel Edgerton for putting on that orc makeup, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, I'm a big it, fan it. of it.
0: The makeup, it, like that's, I mean, that is something that the makeup, the production design, when they do kind go, of go into like, those weird, you know, behind like underground orc worlds and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, I thought that like, orc what, layer was very impressive. Yeah,
0: where there's, like there's the weird orc priest, and they open up that hole like to, like, the center of the earth or whatever that shit's pretty cool you know and and it's really and then like from a production design standpoint it's they do a good job of making it not so fantastical that it seems like like lord of the rings that it's in its own world that we removed from you know from a place being hidden with underneath the the, the 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 facade of modern day modern day you know
1: yeah that idea that there's a a bit of a a, a subcutaneous layer and it's not just like
0: and one thing I've always oh, I'm sorry I interrupted you
1: oh no that's fine um uh yeah even <laughs> and something I was thinking about during my time watching this movie was Underworld because that movie operates on this principle of you know there is a world beneath what you see in normal society, and we're it. This war is going on unbeknownst to everyone else, mm-hmm. and so you're not, um, you're not seeing from the perspective of the normal man on the street. You're seeing it from the perspective of the people that are involved in it, right? Right. And so in in bright, you're seeing it from the people that are involved. But even then, because of the sort of integration and the perspective of uh, Jacoby, who is unblooded, as they say, uh, Mm -hmm. it's also kind of new to him as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's like, you you look, I've always been fascinated by stuff like what's behind that door. Yeah. Oh, yeah. in movies and in real life, because how many times have you been like, say, in your own city and you turn down a block that you've never that you maybe have passed a million times, but you've never actually been down and then. When you turn down it, you're like, "What the fuck is this place?" There's something weird just hidden, you know, within within y- y- your your city or town that you never knew about. So I like in that in that respect, I did like it, you know, where it's like if they go into this weird spot, but it's not so removed from reality of the of what we're seeing, you know, in the rest of the movie. It's not it's not completely outlandish, or they've like entered a different dimension by going you know through this door into this basement you know
1: you you mean outlandus
0: outlandus <laughs> that is possibly the best thing you've ever said <laughs> or the worst i don't know
1: it could go either way
0: uh, well what do you have any other final thoughts on bright or anything you want to add to it
1: no i think it's uh got a lot of value and the final verdict for me is just watch it once and who knows you you could be the perfect audience like i said i'm not into fairies and elves and and all that stuff so
0: and i do like that stuff so i also went into it being like oh i like i like magic
1: and i think that's i think it, it was good for us to talk about this one just because it is uh it's not necessarily a movie that either one of us is sort of skyrocketing either way about, you know, I don't hate its guts and, uh, you know, you don't think it's the, the most innovative, you know, movie of the last 25 years, but...
0: And just, it deserves more. I feel like, you know, people who went in to review it, you know, went in with like a, maybe they went in with some sort of bent already. And then once that, once that started happening, it's like, often you see like this kind of like this trickle effect in... If the, if the hype is for a movie is bad at the beginning, no one wants to be the person that says, oh, actually, I liked it, you know? Yeah, and we're
1: then, seeing a lot of that uh, that kind of shift in movies like Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. People are right. starting to come around uh, to right. those movies that were kind of universally panned and disregarded when they came out. Or, uh, like, in your case, uh, Waterworld.
0: Waterworld, yeah, exactly. That's a movie that, like, we said this on this, the last episode, that people who never even saw the movie gave it bad you know like not obviously not professional reviewers but if you just talk to people they'll be like oh that's a, that's one of the worst movies ever made and, and they're like i've never seen it but that's what everyone says you know
1: exactly yeah i mean right. i could definitely keep talking about bright for a while but i think ultimately it would just end up being uh you know this is bad but this is good so i definitely right, encourage yeah, people like, to watch it and make up their minds for themselves as always because we're not here to tell you what's good and bad we're here to tell you uh, what you should, uh, you know, maybe give a give a test drive to.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's really what this podcast ultimately is all about. It's
1: yeah, We're huge. not movie critics and I, I would never claim to be. And uh, in fact, I'm not a huge fan of movie critics, especially in the modern sense. And, you know, we're going to stay here and keep fighting the good fight against uh, bullshit like Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, trying to aggregate, you know,
0: people just making your decisions for you, you know. And I mean, like, yeah. I'm gonna say, I'm not, I'm, I'm guilty of at times where I like, maybe there was a movie I wanted to see and it got so panned that I was just like, ah, maybe I won't go out of my way to see it. You
1: well, know? And that's, that's that's exactly why I waited to watch Bright because right. I didn't want to get swept up in that wave and kind of be affected by it. Um, I, this the same reason I haven't seen Joker. I still haven't seen it, um, but it might be time to watch it and uh, see what it's all about. Now that the the I hype like is to, gone,
0: I would like to talk to you about that movie because I think uh I think I'm my opinion of it is a little bit different than the well, there's the overwhelming like, oh my god, this was one of the best movies ever made, yeah. And then there's like, then there's also like the, the smaller portion of, no, you're wrong, this is one of the worst movies ever made. In my opinion, kind of, I don't want to say is in the middle. Because it's not in the middle, but it's neither one of those. So I'd like, to, I'd like to, I'd like to hear what you have to say about that one. Yeah, we'll definitely your perspective.
1: give that a whirl. Maybe we'll do a, a mini episode have, or something like have, that.
0: Do you have like HBO Go or now or whatever? Because I think it just got added to that.
1: Oh, perfect. I can I can find access somehow for sure.
0: I, I might know a little bird who could help you. <laughs> it's the bird from
1: Bright. Oh, good. I was hoping. I the, mean, the fairy. There's the, no the bird. What the fuck? The I, bird. I just I fucked that joke uh, up. Okay. Well,
0: well. On that note, I don't know. I, I feel like anything else I say after after this is just going to be bringing down the entire podcast. Yeah.
1: Well, it's time to take the broom out to the yard and uh, put this podcast out of its misery in front of uh, our gangster neighbors.
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you always say, Keith?
1: Well, uh, first off, uh, it's great to be back. It's great to talk to you again, and it's uh, great to it's be doing really this good. show. I
0: mean, we've been in, you know, obviously, contact. We're always in contact whether we're recording the show or not, you know. But, you know, even, you know, you're, it's weird because sometimes, I mean, like, not that we live that far apart from each other, but, you know.
1: Yeah, it's not always <laughs> easy to connect and, and it's, create it, the show. We live
0: about an hour away, and, you know, we both have very con- different schedules, and we keep in contact, but... In, in some ways, you I've found like I found myself in better contact with people now, you know, yeah. which is one of the illuminate, and illuminating things about this is, you know, who you interact with and how long you've interacted with them and the people that you interact with on a daily day just because that's part of, you know, your your function in society. Like you like, oh, I talk to people I work with. I talk to people who I see at the store and you know you're not doing those things now so you get to look at things in a different perspective and in in some ways like I appreciate the fact that we are able you know we found an innovative way to do this podcast you know remotely which we always could have done but we didn't because the option to do it in person was there but yeah it was just really hard to do and now we're it's I think in this respect I think this will change you know the way we interact with each other for the better I hope
1: Yeah, I think we're learning a lot about ourselves and also just how to do this show. I think a lot of the solutions previously on how to do this remotely um, weren't as effective and succinct as what we're doing now. And so I'm looking forward to kind of upping the pace at which we're doing this and also taking advantage of this opportunity to, you know, give something to our friends and our neighbors and, you know, anyone who listens to this show. And right. if if our voices can, you know, give them a little bit of entertainment and uh, make it feel like there's more people in the house than uh, yeah. there actually are, then I'm happy to do that. And uh, Here's all
0: you have to do. You have to just turn this podcast up real loud. Don't listen to it in headphones and just take two, like – two like just two cardboard cutouts you just make them out of like cardboard you have laying around the house and draw the faces of two people looking uh confused or sarcastic or displeased and put those next to the radio and it will be like we're we're there
1: exactly it'll be like a whole like home alone type setup you can just glue a glue a paper plate onto your michael jordan standee uh and uh, draw one of our faces on it and i probably going to look great
0: draw a scruffy beard it doesn't matter we yeah. both got that either one of us and just say like and we're at a little word balloon This I was like nah, I don't know about that you know <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well the thing you don't understand here is, but how does
1: Terminator tie into it <laughs> exactly
0: well I know I, I really I, I have a lot more appreciation for the privilege I have to do this show with you and it's yeah it's good to be back for all you guys and it's really good back to be here with you Keith and can't wait for our next episode.
1: Me neither. So, All right. until that time comes, the dumpster is closed.
0: Oh, I think that was pretty successful.